0: Get your journals out as we'll learn something new every day on this podcast. Sani Bonani! Yes, that is our African greeting of the day. I think it's easy to figure out. Nonetheless, at the end of the podcast, I will tell you where it's from. And on I will also say goodbye in the same language. Today is the 14th of May 2020, sunny day where I'm at. And I trust the weather is great at your end too. This podcast is brought to you in partnership with Arata Consulting Group, a brain trust supporting governments, public and the private sectors in the adoption of emerging technologies across Africa. Our interesting fact on Africa today is... Did you know that the African continent is located mainly in the Eastern Hemisphere and to the major parts in the Northern Hemisphere? And did you know that Africa, which covers 30 million square kilometers, is bigger than the US, Canada, and India combined? Well, now you know, so don't believe those maps that you normally look at. So in our Africa, I gotcha today, It's all about health in Africa, and especially coming off the latest announcement that the coronavirus may never go away. The World Health Organization has warned and called upon a massive effort from global governments to fight the disease as the global death toll approaches 300,000. Mike Ryan, the WHO emergencies director, said on Wednesday that the virus that causes COVID-19 could become endemic like HIV, warning against any attempt to predict how long it will keep circulating. So focusing on the continent, here are our three stories that we'll be covering today around health-related issues. I will not give the locations of where the stories or which cities or which towns we're in, but when we come back to you after the news Update, I will let you know where they're from. So here's the first one: doctors and nurses in the city stage stage a sit in to request the government to meet the demands amid the coronavirus pandemic. So that's our first one. Okay. And our second one is, and I'm sure many, many of you don't know that there is an African country which has not reported a single case of the novel coronavirus. So this country, um, since April 18th, has only got four people quarantined who had contracted the disease. So we'll find later on exactly which country that is too. And our final feature is from a country that has recorded more than 1,300 cases of the coronavirus. One of the highest totals in that part of Africa with 15 deaths, deaths, and the PM, the Prime Minister, was flown to France last week for medical attention. But for now, let's find out what's happening in various parts of the world from various hubs on our News Roundup.
1: From headlines from BBC News at 4.41pm today.
2: You're listening to the BBC. The number of people visiting A&E in England has more than halved since the start of the coronavirus epidemic. Figures for March, when the lockdown was announced, indicate that urgent cancer referrals were down by almost 8%. NHS bosses are concerned seriously ill patients are being put off seeking treatment. The shadow health secretary, Jonathan Ashworth, has described the figures showing cancer hospital care and A&E waiting times hitting highest levels as a ticking time bomb. This is building up long-term health problems, a ticking time bomb, some would say. So we need a plan to treat COVID patients, of course, but we also need a plan to reset the NHS to to deal with this growing clinical need. A test to find out whether people have previously been infected with the coronavirus has been approved for use in England. The test developed by Swiss pharmaceutical company Rocher looks for antibodies in a person's blood. The hope is that those who've had the virus will have developed some level of immunity. Public Health England called it a very positive development, but government ministers say they don't know when the new test will be available to the public. The Office for Budget Responsibility says that government borrowing could reach £298 billion this year as a result of the coronavirus crisis. Britain's fiscal watchdog said this was an increase of £25.5 billion on last month's predictions to take into account the extension of the furlough scheme. The state of emergency has been lifted in most of Japan because of a fall in coronavirus cases, but will remain in big cities. In New Zealand, businesses have reopened following the end of a seven-week lockdown. And if you're a soap fan, then there's good news coming your way. EastEnders will be back in production from next month. The show has reduced its number of weekly episodes from four to two over the lockdown period. Many BBC shows have had to halt production, but it seems things are slowly starting to get going again. That's the latest. Check back soon for more.
1: From CNBC Tech Check at 10.19pm yesterday. I'm
3: Josh Lipton with your CNBC Tech Check. Amazon is making moves that signal shipping times could be returning to normal. The e-commerce giant informed sellers on Saturday that it will no longer restrict new product shipments based on quality. Amazon has also restored some services to its website, such as its featured deal section. That page had been removed to prevent additional purchases amid huge spikes in demand. And sticking with Amazon, the company is launching a new $90 tablet, hoping to cater to the millions of Americans still stuck at home amid the coronavirus pandemic. The 8-inch Fire tablet has improved specs, including faster processors and more storage space. It also costs much less than competing iPads from Apple, which start at $329. Amazon's new Fire tablet starts shipping on June 3rd. And Uber has announced a slew of new safety features. The ride-sharing giant will require drivers to verify that they're wearing face coverings and complete a health checklist before driving in the U.S., Canada, Mexico, and most large markets in Europe. Uber also plans to allocate an additional $50 million to purchase personal protective equipment like masks and hand sanitizers for drivers. That's all from the West Coast. We'll see you back here tomorrow.
1: Spending more money to tackle the economic turmoil caused by the coronavirus pandemic will be worth it. That's the message of Fed Chairman Jerome Powell. He's urging Congress and the White House to increase stimulus. He's also batting down suggestions from President Donald Trump that the central bank should adopt negative rates. The pandemic will erase four years of global growth and may push 130 million people into poverty in the next decade, That's according to the United Nations. The new study estimates the outbreak will cut $8.5 trillion from the global economy. It also sees lockdown restrictions leading to increased automation and job losses, which which could further exacerbate incoming quality. In the UK, the government is getting a boost to its plans to ease lockdown restrictions. The UK Health Authority has cleared an antibody test from Roche. These tests can identify people who previously had the virus and may now have a degree of immunity. Prime Minister Boris Johnson previously described these antibody tests as a game changer. And the coronavirus may have triggered a 30-fold jump in cases of a rare blood disorder in children. That's according to an Italian study adding to reports of cases in New York and the UK. It's a Kawasaki-like disease that causes blood vessels to become inflamed and swollen. While children remain at lower risk than older adults, this report shows their risk isn't zero. Global news 24 hours a day on air and at Quick Take by Bloomberg, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 100 120 countries. I'm Richard Gupta, this is Bloomberg.
0: Okay, Africa, I gotcha. Today, we're all about health on the continent and bringing into you the stories you may never hear about. However, as an African and your custodian with the interest of all of africa's forgotten bottom millions this podcast will deliver that you can be sure of now that you all have your thinking journals out let's wade into the earlier headliners and i'll start off with the first one when james 34 started looking for a house near his workplace in malawi's capital Lilongwe, he was not expecting any hurdles as a new medical doctor with a job at a public hospital He would normally be an ideal tenant for any landlord. When he called about an apartment, the landlady confirmed it was vacant. But when he said he was a doctor, she seemed to cool. When he arrived the next day to view the apartment, she said something, somebody else was taking it. Open quote. That was when I realized that I had made a blunder by announcing my profession. Her response just confirmed the fears that doctors like me, looking to rent, have, that they have been refused out of fear of the virus. Close quote said James, who was asked to use only his first name, to find out how the story pans out. You now know how. You now know the drill. You have to go to the link and read it all. The next story. So did you know that Eritrea may be well on the path to eliminate? COVID-19 on its soils after 38 of the 39 reported cases recovered and were discharged from hospital. The country's health ministry says it now only has one active case of COVID-19 following what officials say is a strict guideline for people to stay home. The country has not reported a single case of the novel coronavirus disease since April 18 when four people who had been quarantined contracted the virus. Again, the link is here for you to read out the full story. And our final story is on the Ivorian Coast Prime Minister, Amadou Kolibali, the ruling party's candidate in October's presidential election, who was flown to France for medical checks, the presidency said on Sunday. The brief statement said that Kolibali left on Saturday, but gave no details about his state of health. The defense minister, Bakayoko, who recovered from coronavirus last month will serve as the interim prime minister in Kolibali's absence, the presidency statement confirmed. So all the links for these stories providers are provided. And I had said this podcast is about facts, informative and interactive. Interactive means that you have to go and read for yourself and get into the habit of fact-checking. Yes, we've come to the end of the show. And loads of you, <laughs> judging from the, from your feedback, have picked up on my pet peeve, which is the proper wearing of masks. But you've noticed that what I'm saying is true, haven't you? So let's continue to stay at home. Stay safe. Stay alive. Proper, and I repeat, proper washing of the hands social distancing no visitors and that goes to my cousin who on sunday when i called her had her family over hey cuz please no 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 let's wait and by the way i've just remembered you still haven't returned my call (laughs) you better this podcast is brought to you in partnership with orata consulting group a brain trust supporting governments Public and the private sectors in the adoption of emerging technologies across Africa. So, our greeting was Sani Bonani, and our goodbye is hamba Hambakale. All these are from Sizulu, the Southern Bantu language of the Nguni branch spoken in Southern Africa. It is the language of the Zulu people with about 12 million native speakers who primarily inhabit the province of KwaZulu, Natal of South Africa. This is Emmo. I'm out of here.